You're listening to the Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 261. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 261. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. (laughs) Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. my love hey baby how, how are you, are you doing I, I was just about to ask you the same question i'm doing pretty damn good yeah i've had a lovely morning so far me too Beautiful i had day. some some lovely oatmeal with some organic <laughs> local honey you did because apparently pollen is an issue out here mm, i see where you're going i thought we were just getting the, the rundown of your macros today of my exciting <laughs> culinary delights (laughs) oh my gosh hello everybody welcome to the show excited to have you here we're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics around pleasing others and being so invested in what other people think and what your inner critic tells you about that essentially kind of like lie what did you say i said fuck that guy fuck that guy the the, essentially the lies that we kind of buy into whether it's from our family of origin or sort of our media and the messages that we receive throughout our life kind of has us adopting these ideas that we can't speak up for ourselves in a ton of different ways because god forbid we fucking hurt somebody else and Mm. all of those sort of concepts that keep us silent yeah lots of cool stuff i think on the pod for us today and before we jump into five kind of lies your inner critic is telling you about pleasing others why don't we pass the mic to you for a minute oh yeah we have a segment we like to call would you rather the would you rather so today's would you rather is would you rather become super strong but gain 130 pounds or eat without gaining weight, but be really weak. Oh, gosh. Well, okay. So qu- quantify or qualify, I guess, being really weak. Like, obviously, Snapple bottles and pickle jars are totally out. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to Off-y. have somebody open those. You have to have somebody open those anyway. Shut up. <laughs> anyway. <Yeah>. Anyway, <laughs> it would be more like... It would be hard for you even to just go get in your car and hard to move around. Like you would always Super feel weak. weak. Mm-hmm. Or you like would- you would have to have somebody carry your groceries. It would be you'd be really weak or super strong, but double your weight pretty much. Oh man, that's a tough one because like I be able to lift a car off the ground, not like over your head, but like lift a car up. Shit. Okay. Well, so tell me the 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 weak one again. What would you be? Do you get? You a, could eat whatever you want. Never you, gain weight. You can eat whatever you. Want. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! This is a really <laughs> like a conundrum. It's tough. Tough. Uh, you can eat whatever you want, but yeah. you're permanently weak. Like that. One of the things that fulfills me so much about working out is feeling strong. Yes, I agree. And to. F- 
like, remember when I was trying to get my car registration and I felt like so frustrated that I had to ask you to borrow your car? Yeah. I hate depending on people like that. Right. Like, And that's what you'd kind of have. If, I'd be like, can you get my but groceries? But you could eat any food you ever wanted, anytime you wanted. You could eat chocolate cake all day. Well, and I'm only 5'1", so if I doubled my weight and went to 260, yeah, that would be significant. That's significant. That's uh, more than I weigh. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't know what I would. Because then I could also, like, uh, I would also think I would feel uncomfortable in my body having such an extra amount of weight, even though I was strong. This is a uh, hard one, Mr. Smith. <laughs> I think, well, what would you pick? I would, I'd gain double the weight. You I'd might. be, let's see, I'd be 450. <laughs> I'd be 450 pounds, but I could lift anything. Like, that would be amazing. Okay. I'd much rather be heavy than too skinny. To I just, I, well, I just. I'd still be able to rely on myself. It's know, the, is what it, it comes it, down that's to. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. yeah. I think that's what I would pick too. Is like, I don't like food that much. I'd go heavier. I yeah. do though. Gosh, I do. But I really don't like depending on other people for my physicality. Like yeah. I still try to be like, no, I got my groceries. I that's got it. That's a hard one. I mean, I have clients that go through that where they get injured and have to rely on other people. And I've been through that myself. And that's so frustrating. Yeah. yeah I think yeah. I would choose the extra weight. We would love to hear what you would rather. We talk about it every single week. Over in the Joy Junkie After Hours Club, it's my private Facebook group that's designed specifically for the audience. There's tons of extra resources, and I do a live Q&A training every single Thursday. Lovely a little session that I like to call Q and Slay, where I cover off all sorts of questions that come up from the Clubsters that particular week. So if you want in over there, come join us. It's thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It'll redirect you right over to the Facebook group. And every single Monday, we talk about the would you rather and we kind of look at everybody's rationale and people are always trying to get around it in some kind of way, which is always (laughs) hilarious. It's just interesting to see everyone's perspective. Like I have my perspective of the would you rather and then people take it completely different angles. So it's just interesting. Yeah, it really is. It's funny to hear. So if you want in on that and you want to get some extra trainings and extra resource vault that I created specifically for the After Hours community, you can have it all totally for free. Thejoyjunkie.com slash club. Come hang out. There's about a thousand of us over there and it's it's really an amazing community of support and like-minded people just kind of coming together and championing each other. It's another free source? It's another free source. That's right. We're yeah. full of them. Full of resources. Full of resources. All right. So why don't we talk about lies that your inner shit talker kind of tells <laughs> you about pleasing others? What do you say? Inner shitter. Your inner shitter. <laughs> your inner shit talker. I thought that's what you were going to say. <laughs> All right. So number one, something that you might kind of have bought into as either a lie from your inner critic or society or wh- however you want to assign meaning there. Is this idea that by pleasing everyone else, you're doing something noble. This is the idea behind most of our behavior when we put somebody else before ourselves, when we say yes to some sort of obligation that we really don't have bandwidth for or energy or time for, but God forbid we let somebody else down. We have this notion that because our intention is one of 
I don't want to hurt that person. I don't want to leave them high and dry. We think our self-sacrifice is just so incredibly noble Mm -hmm. because we come from sort of this martyr mentality of like, let me come to your rescue. And then there's some people who are just genuinely lit up by caretaking or supporting others or creating impact in the world. And myself very much included, I find this from a lot of people who are in helping professions, like working for nonprofits or working in philanthropy or nursing or situations like yours where you help somebody with their physicality and their body. Service-oriented. Anybody service-oriented who really does genuinely care about uplifting others can tend to walk a really fine line between I'm here to support you and it's my job to make you a different person or it's Hmm. my job to cater to your happiness or make you fulfilled in some way. So you and I talk about this a lot where in our work, it's so hard to not get attached to our clients' results, but we have to remember that we're the guide and we are the one to give them all of the materials, but it's their responsibility to take ownership of their body and health. That's right. Right? Yeah, no, absolutely. So here's the concept. Constantly putting everybody before yourself is poison disguised as nobility. Mm. We think that that constant place of self-sacrifice and doing, 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 doing for everybody else is just so noble. And giving to other people can be, but not at the total cost of you, not at complete self-sacrifice. Because here's the normal paradigm. The normal paradigm is one where you are stretched so incredibly thin, and then one person asks one more thing of you, and you know in your body everything is going, no, don't say, do not say yes, do not say yes. We don't have the strength or the time or the energy. And you go, totally, no problem. I'll totally do that for you. Totally. And then there's a negative ripple effect. This is what I'm talking about. This is how to kind of gauge if this is you. There's a negative ripple effect where you feel some sort of sacrifice or detriment because you chose to say yes. Hmm. So what that usually looks like is your lack of sleep. You don't have time to get your workout in. You haven't gone on a date with your partner for the longest time. Hmm. Maybe you say yes to that coworker who asked you to cover their shift or something like that. And it puts you over the edge. You get home from work. Your partner asks if you want to go on a date and you snap at them like, oh, you think I have fucking time for that? (laughs) Or you get really adversarial with your children or somebody in your household. And what I'm saying is when you choose to say yes to absolutely everybody else or when you put all of their opinions and wants and needs in front of your own, there is a cost to that. It might be a cost of your own downtime your time to connect with your children or your loved ones. There is some sacrifice that's happening. And sometimes it's no big deal. It's no big deal to come to that person's rescue. And other times it will send you over the edge. So I need you to understand that if you are constantly in a place where you are saying yes to these things that are causing massive upheaval in your life in some other way, that is you being inauthentic and trying to take care of absolutely everybody else Mm -hmm. at the cost to yourself. The other piece about this is pleasing everybody else and thinking that this is such a noble thing 
if it's something you really don't want to do or you don't tell somebody what you really think because you're concerned about how they might respond, you're essentially being inauthentic and you're being a fucking liar. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you how many people in my community are always talking about wanting to find rich friendships at this stage in the game. Mm-hmm. Do you want people in your life who are also going to be inauthentic with you and say yes when they really don't want to or not tell you what they really think about the person you're dating, even though you've asked them? No, we want to attract people into our world who are genuine and lovely and authentic and kind. Meaning if they don't like the person that you're dating or they don't think that you handled yourself in a graceful, kind manner, that they can deliver that to you in a really lovely way. That's what we're all desiring. Mm -hmm. So if that's the case, be the person you want to attract. Stop telling all these fucking lies. Stop saying it's okay if it's not okay. Stop being quiet when something actually offends you. Constantly putting everybody in front of ourselves is a lie if you think that it is always, always noble. It isn't. It's oftentimes complete self-sacrifice. Hmm, okay. You look like your your wheels are turning. No, I'm just, uh, you know, I, I just think of how many times I've been in a conversation where I'm like, well, that's just their opinion. I'm going to let it slide. And I should have said something. Yeah. You know, I should have spoken up. And, and just the, it, it's interesting to think of it as, why, you know, why does someone else get to say whatever the fuck they want? Right. And that's okay. But I don't. That's exactly And then right. on, on, on the same token, that sometimes if I had said something, it might have brought some light to that person on right. how they're acting or being. That's right. You know? Well, and... So that's kind of uh, eye-opening for me. Something that you're pointing to here is that whatever that person says whether it is a polarizing comment, let's say, about abortion or gay rights, or if they are asking you to help them move next Saturday. Mm -hmm. That thought or that request or that stance is their responsibility. That's what you're pointing to. It's like, if they're going to ask me, that's their responsibility for finding somebody to help them move. It is not my responsibility. I get to make that choice. Yes. Also, if somebody wants to voice their opinion about how they feel about gay rights or about abortion rights or whatever, that's their res- they need to take responsibility for the fact that they brought something up with a strong stance. Right. You don't have to just fold because they have a difference of opinion. They are responsible for the fact that they fucking brought it up. You also can give voice to things. You have responsibility too. And I always kind of operate under the code of do not let my silence make me a liar. And I think I've shared this anecdote before where this really kind of hit home for me was I was doing some community theater and one of the the people who I was acting with showed me a meme that was supposed to be funny, but it was a disparaging comment about a mentally and physically disabled child. And I found it found it incredibly offensive. In that moment, when he turned to me and was kind of like, hey, isn't this funny? Ha ha. Like, it would have been the easy thing to just go like, oh, yeah, ha ha, and like walk away. But I knew that if I did that, my silence would make me a total liar. It would make it seem like that was okay with me, like I was compliant. And so I decided to say, hey, you know what? 
I'm sure you find that really hilarious. I actually find that kind of offensive. And I'd appreciate it if you just didn't show me that in the future. And I walked away. I didn't have to be a dick. I didn't have to be an asshole. I didn't have to open up a big old fucking conversation about it. I just had to stand in integrity in that moment for me because it mattered to me. Yeah. And that's what I want to encourage you guys to do as well, to understand that being authentic and being honest about where you are, whether it's, no, I don't have the space in my calendar to help you move on Saturday, or I actually find that particular viewpoint very offensive or in opposition to how I feel. Giving voice to those things doesn't mean you're an asshole. It just means that you're saying, hey, what I want and what I think and what I feel also matters. Mm -hmm. All right. So number one, by pleasing everyone else, you're doing something noble. That is the big lie. Number two, another big lie we kind of buy into from our inner critics is if I don't put everyone else first, I'm being a dick. Like I'm actually being mean. And I'm coming from hmm. a malicious place. And you also may experience this as guilt. I feel bad. I'm wrong if I can't save that person, if I can't help them move, if I don't agree with my family about religious or political stances. We think specifically because it's just different from somebody else, that must mean I'm a dick. Like there's something wrong with me. And that's something that we kind of have as this pervasive lie where we think how we're doing it is wrong or we're coming up empty or coming up short. So if somebody else, for instance, has an opinion about how we're putting ourselves out there in the dating scene, like if they're like, you're too picky or you need to do this or you need to do that, we automatically assume that everybody else knows better. Mm hmm. Like, right. oh, well, you should try this dating service or you, you just, you, nobody's good enough for you. We go immediately into that place of, oh, they, they must be right. Maybe, maybe there is something wrong with me. Instead of going, okay, thank you. That's your fucking opinion. Mm -hmm. What is my opinion? And I don't mean to say that like in person, I'm right, just saying right. in internally to start <laughs> questioning and going, wait a minute, what's my truth? Do I feel that I'm being too picky? Or is that just somebody else's opinion? Mm -hmm. When we weigh other people's opinion like it's the end-all, be-all, we start to discredit ourselves. Now, that's not to say that there aren't people in your world who you highly regard their counsel. Yeah. You are one of them for me. My best friend is one of them. My coach is one of them. My sister is one of them. And those are the people who I turn to for counsel, also knowing that those are gifts along the way. They aren't necessarily my beacon of light to guide me. It's gifts along the way. Like, oh, cool. Here's the Mr. Smith's perspective. I'm going to really take that into account. But what feels really resonant to Amy? What is the ultimate decision for Amy? And that is a really powerful place because you can start looking at guidance through a totally different lens. And I tell that to my students and clients too. I don't want this to just be, what would Amy do? I want it to be, what would I do? given that I'm privy to new information. Yeah, right. And that's how I look at the influence from the people who I do care what they think. I do value their opinion because I'm intimately involved with them. I think it also helps us form our thoughts. Totally. When we get other people's opinions. Um, we don't have to take that as, you know, biblical truth. We just have to say, all right, that's one more piece of the puzzle. One more little exactly. piece to put into the decision process. 
for you to dissect, yeah. for you to unpack, and for you to go, okay, cool, let me look at this through a different perspective. Yeah. But what I think happens far more often is somebody else voices an opinion or says something, and we think if we feel differently or if we haven't thought of that before or if we don't have that perspective, that we must somehow be in the wrong. And so our gut kind of knee-jerk reaction is to just be quiet. Mm, at least yeah. that's what I see most prevalently in in my work. So the other thing is it can be on a really small scale, right? Like if somebody asks you to cover their shift, let's say, and if I don't put them first, then I'm being a dick. If I don't come to their rescue, even though my night I was going to dye my hair, I was going to do my toenails, or I was just going to have a leisurely night of reading and I was really looking forward to it. If I don't come to their rescue, then I'm actually an asshole. You're not what you are. is already committed to other plans. Right. You're, what you are is unavailable. You're not malicious. You're not an asshole. You're only being a dick if you're actually being a dick. Not being available for somebody else is not being malicious. Not being able to come through for somebody else is not a dick move. If you can't chaperone the class, you don't need to feel guilty about that. You're simply unavailable. You're not being a dick. I need you to start wrapping your head around that concept that your wants, opinions, and needs are just as important as anybody else's. And you can take a stand for that in the kindest way. You can politely decline those sorts of requests by gratitude. I mean, that's an amazing stance to take. Like, thank you so much for thinking of me. Or I so appreciate that you always turn to me and that you you feel you can lean on me. Unfortunately, I'm not available. Or, oh my gosh, I'd really love to come through for you, if that's true. However, I'm not able to make that work or I'm not able to swing it. And it was really, it's really, really genuine and kind instead of making a bullshit lie excuses. Right. Like, oh, I I have a concert that night or, oh, I have a doctor's appointment. Don't lie. Just say I'm not available. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm getting toothpicks put in my eyelids that day. That's right. All right. Number one. By pleasing everyone else, you're doing something noble. That's lie number one. Lie number two, if I don't put everyone else first, I'm being a dick. That is lie number two. Lie number three is that you have to immediately respond or answer somebody. This is one of those situations where we think if somebody asks us a question, specifically if they are coming at you from a perspective of urgency, Like, oh my gosh, nobody else is available. Is there any chance that you can watch my dogs while I'm gone? And they have sort of that uh, uh, sense of urgency. And it really isn't something that you could do easily in your week with no effort. Like there's, this is what I'm talking about. When there is a severe cost to you, like either your downtime or your ability to recharge or your ability to connect with other people. I'm talking about when doing for others means a massive sacrifice for you. I hope I'm being clear about that. Because there's times when it's like, you know what? Yeah, no problem. I can totally walk your dogs or I can totally be there for you. And then there's others when you know intuitively, we all get that gut. You know, I'm the, talking about leaning on that. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, I feel like sometimes, like, let's say somebody came to me and said, hey, can you dog sit for me? And it did put me out. But at the same time, I really wanted to help my friend out. Yeah. So I, I am okay with that sacrifice. I, I, Okay, like I can make that happen. Yep. Because I want the same thing when when I'm in trouble. That's right. You know? But if if it's like, oh man, that's gonna 
I'm going to have to cancel that client and I'm going to have to move this over here and really have to sacrifice myself, then yeah, I'm going to have to say, you know what? I wish I could, but I, I just have too many other obligations. I can't do it. Yeah. You know, I, I think there's a fine line through. between those two. Yeah. There is. And so what, what I think is the problem is not those isolated incidents, but here's what I see as kind of the rampant issue with the, the audience that I work with is it's not just one situation of sure, I'll come through and watch it's your dog. It's a dogs. consistent thing. Yeah. It's saying yes around every fucking corner to the point where you are depleted all the time. Sure. And sure. you don't know where you can fit time in for yourself because it's always enveloped by other people's other agenda. People's, yeah, that's dangerous for sure. That's what I'm talking It's not the one-off. Yeah. It's not the one-off right. or even the two. Mm-hmm. It's when it's a perpetual way of being, a consistent way of being uh, where yeah. you just never take care of yourself right. anymore. All right, so number three is that you do not have to, or the lie is that you have to immediately respond or answer somebody. So for instance, if somebody's saying, hey, can you do this? And they need an answer right then, and you can't give them an answer right then, my favorite response is to say, you know what, if you if you have to know right now, I'm going to have to politely decline. Mm-hmm. I just can't commit at the moment. It really is about understanding that you don't have to over-explain yourself. And in fact, we talk about that a lot in an entire week of my Deep Down and Dirty program, which will be coming up. It will be opening up for registration in a few weeks. And that program, we dig into all of these things. But the deal is, is you don't have to over-explain yourself. So for instance, if somebody is like, well, why don't you want children? That's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, we kind of think, oh gosh, their opinions or how they feel about it matters more than mine, or I can't give my opinion. You don't actually have to engage in the conversation at all. You can actually say something like, you know what? That's something I don't choose to discuss with other people. I truly hope you can understand. Yeah. Or that's really a, a touchy subject for me. I'd appreciate if we didn't talk about it. You get to advocate right? for yourself all the time. And you can do it really, really kindly and gracefully. So please know that you don't have to give somebody an answer just because they have a sense of urgency. That's, again, t- taking that responsibility on your shoulders. And you can do it really compassionately. Like, you can say, like, oh, my gosh, I really wish I could come to your rescue. Unfortunately, it's just not going to work this time around. I truly hope that you can understand. Yeah. Or if you need an answer right away, I'm going to have to pass. Something like that where you're kind of saying, that's not going to work for me. Mm-hmm. And I wish that it could. I really wish that it could. All right. Number four is putting yourself first is selfish. That is a massive lie that we buy into. And there is a reason why every life coach in the world uses the example of you have to put your oxygen mask on first before you help (laughs) anybody else in the plane, right? There's a reason for that. And that is because all of us run around depleting our own oxygen supply and then wondering why we aren't amazing for our coworkers and why we are so sleep deprived and why we aren't the best husband or wife or daughter or son. It's why we take shit out on our partners or on our kids because we are so depleted. We have not oxygenated ourselves enough to actually help oxygenate everybody else. Preach. That's the deal. That's why it's important to take care of yourself. When you have the sleep that you need, when you are fulfilled, 
When you are happy and healthy, you're a much better employee. You're a much better boss. You're a much better sister, husband, wife, daughter, sibling, whatever else it is, whatever role you have in your world. You have to take care of yourself to be better. In Mm. fact, it's one of the most selfless things you can do is to take care of yourself in such a way that you can give more to the people around you. But we get it fucking twisted. We think that it's noble to self-sacrifice. It's not. It's actually costing everybody in your life something. Right. It really is. Not only are you not being authentic and being honest about where you're at, but you're also a depleted version of yourself. And that doesn't feel good for anybody. All right. Number one lie. Pleasing everybody else, you're doing something noble. Number two, if I don't put everyone else first, I'm being a dick. Number three, you have to immediately respond or answer somebody. And number four, putting yourself first is selfish. It's not. It's actually one of the most loving things you can do for everybody else in your world. And number five, the biggest lie your inner critic tells you about pleasing others is that you don't have a choice. That hmm. there's no other option. Well, you have to. You have to do it like that. Or who else is going to say it? Or who else is going to do it? Or nobody else is available. Or that's just not possible. I could never say that to him. I could never tell her that. I could, right? Making up all of these bullshit lies that you don't have a choice. Huh. You do have a choice. You just don't like both options. Mm. It mm-hmm. is scary as fuck to give voice to things. And it also feels shitty to acquiesce and just let your silence make you a liar or to be inauthentic or to not speak up. Both of them suck. Both of them carry an emotional weight that doesn't feel good. So if it's going to be uncomfortable, you might as well do the thing that's the most empowering, which is speaking up for yourself. You do have a choice. The next time you say to yourself, I can't, I can't give voice to that, or I could never tell her that, or I could never tell my boss that, I want you to say, I will not. I won't. That's what you're really saying. It's not that you can't. You are absolutely physically capable of speaking up for yourself. You choose not to. And a lot of times what you are choosing is somebody else's comfort over yours. Yeah. That's what I want you to understand is you can choose your comfort and you can choose it in a compassionate, loving way. Do not have to be an ass. If you find that you stand in a shit ton of complaining, like you are always complaining, about my boss or my coworkers or my horrible work situation or my co or my partner is always bitching about this or blah 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 and you're always in a place of complaining you have unknowingly locked yourself into victimhood you have made it seem as though your hands are tied hmm. so the next time you complain about something i want you to think if it is worth complaining about it is worth taking action on which usually means you have to do something somewhat uncomfortable Speak up for yourself in the middle of opposition. So if you are constantly in the habit of blaming your ex or blaming your parents for how they raised you, guess what? You're locking yourself into victimhood. That is you thinking you do not have a choice. You do have a choice. You're just choosing something that is disempowering. You're choosing victimhood. Right, yeah. All right, so let's recap. These are the five, five lies, not the five, but five fallacies that your inner critic might tell you. First of all, pleasing everyone else, you're doing something noble. Nope. Number two, if you don't put everyone else first, you're being a dick. Nope. If you, oh, you have to immediately respond or answer somebody. Nope, you actually don't. 
Number four, putting yourself first is selfish. Nope, it's actually one of the most loving things you can do for everybody else in your world. And number five, you think you don't have a choice. You do have a choice. We all are at choice. It's about choosing the thing that is the most empowering, not the most comfortable. If you're just listening to this while you're driving and you get out and you go to work and then you don't do jack shit with it, nothing is going to change. You actually have to consciously choose to speak up the next time you're offended and to have a vernacular in place that you're going to go to, right? Like I have all my specific phrases that I call upon in those scenarios so that I can speak up. Anything else you wanted to say kind of about the whole- I knew you were going to ask me that. People I, my, I, To be honest, my head's just kind of spinning. And I put some of these things into place, but man, I could see how you can make a whole program out of this. That's right. Yeah. And I have. And you have. And I have. And that was not just me plugging you. That's me actually thinking like, man, I could really use more on that. Cool. Well, hope that this has been really helpful for you guys. Don't forget to come hang out in the After Hours community. All of the links that you might need are in the show notes page. Should be really easy for you to access. And depending on what platform you're listening on, you should actually be able to access it on both Apple Podcasts and Stitcher and other podcast platforms. I've been on a roll today. You did. You preached, girl. Well, I did an interview right before here, so I was like, I was was ready to have a sermon. Yeah, I was ready to have a sermon. All right, guys, we'll see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.